Welcome to Bear Weather Fans, the official Bears podcast that you're currently listening to. Join myself, Patrick, Coach Bob, and Ed O'Branabot as you listen to Bear Weather Fans. Welcome to the Bear Weather Fans Week 7 episode in the books. Uh, honestly, I, I even forget what the game result was. Um, it, it was probably fine. Coach Bob, do you remember? I don't, but you know what? I'm actually like in a surprisingly good mood because I didn't have to dwell on it too much. <laughs> I, I remember uh, what it, like yeah. a week ago, we just like really struggled with like hating the Packers' loss and just like seething for like an hour. That didn't happen this week. It did not. So, uh, you're welcome, America. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, look, uh, peel, peel, look behind the curtain a little bit here. Like, we try to make this like a fun, engaging uh, episode. Like, at the end of the day, we have no control over sports, and you can't like be upset over things that you have no control over. You just have to accept the things you do have control over. Uh, and this is a hobby for us. Like, it's supposed to be fun. Um, but it is hard sometimes, and uh, with Matt Nagy as coach, most of the times, I would say. And, yeah, this week was a hard one. This was a hard, this was a tough week. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I I'm glad we didn't dwell on it too, too much. But, yeah, I, you know, it is just one of those where I, I rewatched the game because um, I recorded it, and it hurt mm-hmm. rewatching it. I actually, watching Ted Lasso, based on your recommendation, I thought it was so funny that it reminded me of an episode where they rewatched the game on five times or like ten times fast forward with like comedy music. <laughs> and like, this is the only way to watch this horrible of a game. But uh, let's learn from it. And I mean, if I'm going to try to be positive and take away some things, we moved the ball pretty well. Uh, we ran the ball pretty well. Um, I, I think I, I said this last week. Uh, Justin Fields was being very decisive. Um, he was tucking and running at the right times. I thought only exception maybe was, uh, there was like a third and 12. He tucked and ran for like five and it like had no chance for a first down. Um, now if nobody's open, you just take your five yards, I guess. And it was hard for me to see cause I didn't have the full 22 right. view on that play. But, um, yeah, I mean, so there were some, some good things. Um, and then some like, clearly bad things that we kind of saw coming. Like, I mean, this was the first game you predicted and now this was my biggest predicted loss of the season. And, uh, I'll say we were both right in that it was the worst loss of the season. So, um, not that it was a total shocker that it happened. It just, it was disappointing kind of the way it happened. It felt like every break was bad. Like some calls early on were really like, momentum killers or like free drives for Tom Brady and um, combine that with the, like whatever it was like five zero turnovers. Like, I mean, it's just like the, all those are the makings of an absolute blowout regardless. Yes, of sir. Else. Yeah. Your prediction last week was a 31 17 routing by Tampa Bay and you still somehow undersold it, which is incredible. Um, I predicted 27 14. So uh, the worst loss I predicted this season still didn't manage to quite cover it. Um, I don't want to spend the entire episode complaining about the Bears, so instead I will complain about something else, which is the broadcast angle is very outdated. I understand the original broadcast angle was for old TVs when you had like, you know, 14-inch TV that was a tube for the family to watch, and so you had to like zoom in on the QB. Uh, but nowadays we have giant widescreen TVs, and we should be able to get a angle behind the QB so you can see like the run lanes develop and the uh, routes develop instead of just watching a QB stand in the pocket and then they throw and you're like, well, I hope the routes developed. I don't know because I can't see any of it. I would, I don't know. I, I totally agree. Yeah, like that's what I was saying. Like, you know, he rolled out. I thought he was nice and decisive, but like watching the play, you're like, oh, that's never going to be a first yeah. down but I don't know if every receiver was completely blanketed. Then it's the only thing he has, but I just could not see. I think more than we talked before about like how 
uh, how hard it is to evaluate NFL play in general because like the noise is so high, the signal is so low, the sample size is low, and uh, more than any other sport, I feel like fans need to have that all twenty two angle to evaluate stuff, and so it's flabbergasting to me that we don't get it. But um, I, I lied; I do want to complain about stuff uh, for forever. But uh, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I guess w- what I will say is my parents were asking me in 2020 when the season was starting, like, oh, are you excited for the new Bears season coming in? And I was like, well, I, I'm always happy to watch Bears. You know, it was a crazy year, and just the fact that we got football in a pandemic year was, uh, you know, it was a small victory, but I was like, I'm just not optimistic at all with Matt Nagy. Like, I feel like he's not improving in any way, and, like, we've seen the same mistakes happen. And that was at the end of 2019, you know? And, like, now we're you know, a year and a half later, and it's just like the same story over and over where it's like, I, I don't know, like, whoa, I, like, what can you even break down? Like, it's the same thing over, like, oh, there's no play action. The run game doesn't look like the pass game. So defenses always know what they're doing. Um, I don't know. It's a bummer, man. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll say two things that I saw that were stats that were interesting, not really telling of the game necessarily. But one stat that I saw during the game that I thought was interesting, and it's a good thing Mm -hmm. for us, is Tom Brady tied his record for the most straight incompletions. And it was on pretty good coverage most of the time. So, and, And some pretty impressive pressure. So it was like, oh, look at that. The Bears, in that horrible performance... Forced Tom Brady into his longest streak of incompletions, tied for his longest streak in his entire career. Um, so that was a cool little, you know, tiny piece of a horrible game and terrible, embarrassing mm-hmm. loss. Um, and I honestly don't think it was just like him throwing it away, playing it safe at a big lead. It was honestly like he's trying to throw completions and they were getting broken up. Um, and... uh Gosh, I forgot the other stat now because I got so excited about that one. <laughs> there was one more thing that I saw that I thought was funny, but I'll, I'll see if I remember it no later. Worries. But, um, yeah, that one was uh, interesting. I also will say one thing that made me happy was uh, Tony Romo at the beginning of the broadcast commented on how he thought Justin Fields was going to be pretty darn good. Um, and uh, not his most impressive showing in terms of, again, a stat line of whatever it was, three picks, no touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of those three picks, I don't want to excuse him for all of them because I don't think they were all excusable. But the first one I thought was really athletic just to stay on his feet. Not a great throw. But at the same time, um, Robinson goes down at the top of the route trying to like turn around, making it like considerably worse. Like If he keeps his feet... It's probably a 45-yard completion. Um, I don't know for sure, um, but he slips and falls, and then it looks like, oh, it's a pretty egregious overthrow. Now, I also think uh, that all stemmed from not being on the same page because they did have a nice view of that one, and Robinson was in a huge space. Like, he was wide open, and Fields was trying to, like, throw him to stay put and he kept dragging his route. That's why he had to turn around. Um, and then he kind of dragged his route right into a safety and then had to turn around and then slipped. Mm-hmm. Where if he settled down into that space, you know, again, huge completion. Instead, it's an interception. Second one, didn't get a great look at it, but it looked like it hit Mooney right in the hands. That one, I think I got to excuse Fields like pretty much entirely. Um and then the last one uh, was out of his own end zone. So just a tough situation, but not a good throw. Uh, seemed like he underthrew it, um, really didn't have a chance. The only, like, the only two things I'll say there, like I said, like bad throw, pretty much just on fields. But he's been smoked all game at this point. He's standing in his own end zone. He's just waiting for a fumbled touchdown. Basically got to get it out of his hands quick. Probably not exactly what you want going through your head before that throw. And then the other thing I'll say is uh, Allen Robinson did not look like he was doing Justin Fields any favors on uh, playing defense on that throw. 
Like, it seemed like he was like, hey, if the guy doesn't intercept it, I'll try to catch it off his fingertips and run for a <laughs> touchdown. Like, I feel like any competitive wide receiver sees that ball thrown up short and you go play defense. Like, you become the cornerback and you try to make a play on the ball and prevent the interception. Um, not saying that's entirely his job, but it kind of is, and I feel like he didn't even attempt that either. He just touched him when he yeah. fell over. So, um, yeah, at the same time, like now that was second down, but like, again, you're on your one yard line, long way to go. You just lost yardage on your last running play. I don't know. Um, I was impressed with the bears defense in the second half, couple stops in the red zone, held them to three points in the second half. All that was good. Um, and again, they were kind of going for it. Tom Brady was going for it. Starters were in for most of the third quarter or all the third quarter, half of the four. So all that was pretty good. Just a lot of breaks didn't go the Bears' way. Whether it was a turnover, which was poor O-line play caused most of it, fumbles and forced interceptions, and then also um, the uh, a couple, like, rough penalty calls. Now, I'm, again, obviously a Bears homer, so are you. But, like... <laughs> How dare you? I know. But, like... Some of them, I guess some of them penalties, some of them not even penalties, just like, man, how did that happen? Like first Bears drive maybe, first or second, Justin Fields throws like a ball, I think through Komet's right shoulder. (laughs) And uh, like for a first down and you're like, God, how was that dropped? Like, Like I don't understand. And like that is like, oh, now it's time to punt and give the ball to Tom Brady down 7 0. Um, right. So all that was. Oh, sorry, I just ran it forever, but I remembered that other stat. Let's hear it. It was, and this is interesting because it's that Matt Nagy shot. It's what are you doing, Matt Nagy? How come you can pre-plan and scheme one drive a game, and it's the first drive? Why can you not <laughs> plan an entire football game or have enough? you know, that you can manipulate to adjust throughout a game to set them up and then do something different. And instead, you just can only plan one drive and then they figure it out and you're done. Now, I say this because we have like far and away the 32nd ranked offense in the NFL right now, like the worst, and I don't think it's all that close. And during the game, it popped up that the Bears are tied for the most touchdowns on opening drives in the entire NFL. Wow. And I was like, what? Like, opening drive, we're number one in the NFL, and we have the worst offense in the NFL. Like, so we can plan one drive, and then that's it. So hopefully we can win 7-0. But, I mean, like, I don't understand. Like, um it just comes down to he's not a great coach. There are players that can get it done. There are players that can execute when you give them something to do. But whatever it is, your scheme, your adjustments, your whatever, it does not work for an entire football game. It doesn't. Um, yeah, and it's weird because the run game has actually been the best it's been for like several years, honestly. like It's been a minute since... Like, my God, uh, we had, you know, our third string running back in there basically running uh, 140 yards or whatever. Uh, to your point, uh, the Bears are uh, far and away the last in offense. Uh, yards per game, they're at uh, 255 total yards per game, um, which the next highest, or the next lowest is uh, New York Jets with 270. So, you know, like a 20 yard difference there, which is. Uh, and that's more... to the Jets. Yeah, like famously incompetent, like the Browns of the AFC East, or you know, it just yeah. Uh, Have they won? Are they one in five, one in six, whatever they are? Oh man, Pro- probably. I would believe you there. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I mean, like the average yards per game um, is like three hundred and fifty, or like yeah. three hundred and yeah, about three hundred fifty yards per game. The, so yeah, like so, almost a hundred yards less. Yeah, but. 20 less than 31st. So like there's right. a bunch of teams around 350 and we're that far below the New York Jets who are absolute trash with their own rookie quarterback 
um, who happens to just be much worse than Justin Fields. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, the Jets that lost 54 to 13 this week. But yeah, the Jets are one and five. Yes, sir. Yeah, so like middle of the pack is uh, the Colts in Jacksonville right around 360 yards per game. If you subtracted 20 from them, that would drop them down to like the bottom five. Like, yeah, it's it's such a huge deviation. Yeah, to your, to your point. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I guess to me, the, the pre-scripted drive stuff compared to the rest of the game is part of the symptom of... Uh, not being able to correctly mix and disguise the run versus pass, um, where it's like, I don't know, it's almost like a print-to-play, where it's like, oh, you're running? Okay, here are routes that people do, you know, for for runs, where you just have a bunch of heavy set in, you, you have like, maybe a couple short routes, but mostly just blocking tight ends, now it's a passing play, everyone run curls, and it's like, those two things just don't, don't work for uh, an offense, and for a coach who made such a big deal his first uh, season as a head coach for the Bears about how he had plays built off plays. Like, all right, we're going to show this formation, and then next week we're going to use that in a different way. So we're going to use the opposing team's film review against them. Like, that was such an important thing, and he has lost sight of that. It's just like, uh, I don't know, it's like watching Trubisky as he went along and his footwork got worse and worse, where it's like, man, he's not even staying the same. He's getting worse with his experience. Like, what's happening? It's a, it's a bummer, man. I don't know. It is. And, and I'll say, like, I think I mentioned this before, like, I feel like I'm watching Trubitsky's accuracy drop a little bit, his pocket comfort or his pocket presence uh, drop a little bit because he just, just keeps getting smoked in the pocket. Ooh. Was that a Freudian slip? Did you say Trubisky? Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so Fields is is regressing in the pocket a little bit I think and he just keeps getting obliterated and that's I think why but he mm-hmm. is progressing in some areas he is progressing in his decisiveness um, he is still on time and accurate a lot um, I think he's actually it's this is going to sound weird I think he's lost a little bit of his touch passing but I feel like it's almost by design like he was throwing really like soft balls for these guys to catch. But the problem is then like defenders were making plays on the ball too fast. So he's basically mm-hmm. just said, I've got to get it to you and you've got to just yeah. make the catch and then make the play instead of like, I feel like he used to give crossing routes. Like he used to like kind of put him up there a little bit. And then he got picked by that one linebacker and he, you know, gives guys time to break on the ball. And I think just cornerbacks are so much better than in college that, he's realized like he has the ability to put touch on the ball. He still can on his long ball and stuff. So what I will say, the thing that worries me above all else, like losses hurt being blown out, being embarrassed on national TV, that all hurts. I'm not going to lie. But um, the thing that legitimately worries me is the development of adjusted fields where you've seen a very talented QB to your point about his passes are starting to look different. And uh, we talked last week about, he had that play where he had Allen Robinson wide open deep, but earlier in the game, Robinson had kind of failed him. He quit on his route, threw up an interception. Uh, just in general, all of a sudden he gets a little bit of hesitation, and the game moves so fast. If you have even a microsecond of hesitation, that's the difference between a completion and you know nothing or an interception. And so what worries me is seeing his development go the wrong way. Um, another play that I felt like was emblematic of the Matt Nagy coaching experience was he was told, or, you know, you saw a play where he threw a bad interception. Like, oh, that's weird. I wonder why he just hooked it up like that. And in the post-game interview, he said, like, without trying to throw anybody under the bus, like, oh, yeah, on the headset, um, I was told there are 12 men on the field. Hike the ball and you have a free play. And so that was his quick, quick, hike the ball, chuck it, interception. And uh, they they were mistaken. There was no longer 12 men on the field. And so they gave Fields bad info basically forced him interception and that was which one I don't was know, that kind of similar uh, was that in the Tampa Bay game yeah mm-hmm, that was uh, this week I'm, I'm trying to remember which interception it was it had which to be is the a sad first state. or the third right yeah because the second was that one to Mooney yeah 
I think it was probably the first one. I'm not sure to be honest. Okay. Yeah. But, it, um, yeah. It feels like it was probably like my gut was would be third, just because like the play was on the goal line and it, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this, I guess this is the point of like the the red flags of like oh no, like it's not even that he isn't being helped, but like he's being hurt. He's like regressing, you know. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. being hurt. Like um, another stat was um, the sacks per dropback, where Justin Fields, you know, he hasn't played that many games, and he has, excuse me, has not dropped back that much proportionally. So it's like he has very few dropbacks in general. He started late in the season. He doesn't pass that much, um, but he's being sacked on fourteen point four percent of his dropbacks. And uh, as a point of reference. Uh, I don't know if fans know David Carr, but he was like first overall pick for the Texans back in the day. He was heralded as the next great QB, but they had a terrible offensive line, terrible coaching, and they kind of ruined him. Like he was sacked uh, 14.6% of dropbacks, and that kind of ruined him. He never really recovered. His mechanics got all screwed up. He got injured, and he is known as a bust, but everyone kind of understands it's just an asterisk of like, yeah, he he just was thrown into an incomplete team as an expansion team, and you know, and that's the thing that worries me is like, all right, you're being sacked as much as a guy who is famous for being run into the ground courtesy of bad line play. Um, which, again, I'm not trying to be it's a complete downer, but it's also like, man, that's that's a really bad sign, guys. Totally. I, that is absolutely the most important thing. And I'll say like, you know, again, I think I, I, I was more... Uh, forgiving of Matt Nagy at the beginning of the season. Um, and I don't feel that way anymore, but, um, I'll say this is probably part of what his intentions were of benching Justin Fields. Right. Like, you know, I agree. We've talked about like game experience and I think all that's valuable. And there has been things that have gone in the right direction. His decisiveness, his, his running has been much more intentional, those are huge things that he's learned. Um, and like all that is great. Like I actually do think some things have gotten better, but uh, to your point, like some of those other things are also huge, like just confidence and, um, and that decisiveness and all that other stuff with throwing, not with cutting to the run. Um, I, as much as Nagy, I don't think is a great coach. And as much as everybody, I think is really hard on all these guys. I feel like the line between a great coach and a not great coach isn't all that huge, right? That's why it's hard to get those good hires in. If it was that obvious, Mm -hmm. everyone would just grab a gem and you'd know the 32 best coaches in the world and they'd all be NFL coaches. But um, I don't think it's that clear cut. And, um, like, I think he's not good, but I think he's like, eh. like, I think he's smart enough and been around football enough to know, like when he was going into this, he was like, Hey, we've got this super talented kid that we have to develop and we have to get all these things right. And we have to practice all these things. And our O line is trash. <laughs> and if we're going to, if we're going to practice, if we're going to play with him against NFL defenses, he's going to get gun shy because he's going to get hit in two seconds on average. And if he's getting hit Mm -hmm. in two seconds, he can't even plant his feet and it's going to be very hard to establish good mechanics. And it's going to be hard to commit to these throws. And like the other thing is, you know, we talk about, like, I think I've talked about like the receivers not getting as open as I would expect. That all comes back to not having time. Like, I don't care how you good you are if the only chance you ever have to get open is on your first move, like, and it has to be a predetermined move. It can't even be a read route because like you don't have time for it. Um, because then the quarterback has to wait for you to get out of your break instead of being able to throw it before you even make your break. Like you're asking them to sell everything. And it's just really, really difficult where like, Watching the Tampa Bay game, one of Brady's routes, which wasn't successful because the tight end didn't do it exactly right, 
like Tony Romo identified it and basically like this tight end came across and then got to read exactly where the open space was. And he went straight up field and all he had to do was turn to his right shoulder. Tom Brady's going to put it right on his right shoulder with no defenders, really easy throw straight up a seam. Like, you know, nobody else in play, super easy read, super easy throw to be honest. And the tight end dropped it because he's not great. And he didn't quite, you know, position (laughs) his body well. Because Gronkowski, right. Gronkowski's out, but that's definitely a touchdown if he's in. But like, right. there are no routes like that on the Bears' offense because there's not even no. time for a tight end to go up, make a read, and then make a move before the quarterback throws the ball because Justin Fields is already hit at that point. So like that route that allows a guy to get open and make the throw easy, we just don't have time to do that. And that's not even like a double move. That's just like you have to let them establish their read first. You know, and unless I guess unless you're Gronkowski and Tom Brady and you have so many reps together that you can throw it pre pre cut on a choice route because you know what they're gonna choose. Like that's incredible chemistry that pretty much only those two have. But like the Bears don't have that with anyone and you can't with a rookie quarterback. So like those other routes just take too long and he just keeps getting smoked. I mean like who was it they had uh that it was uh, one of their linemen got benched because he just kept getting Justin Fields blown up. And it's... Yeah, the right tackle that Alex Bars went in yeah, for. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, wh- what are you going to do? Like, it, everybody's right. looking at this going, I mean, I, obliterated. And on the first sack fumble, Herbert completely missed on a safety blitz. Like, he, he like, faked the run and then looked and was like, uh-oh. And, like, did not help Justin Fields at all. And then he gets blindside blitzed by a safety. That had to be less than two seconds. An unblocked safety straight to the quarterback's back. Like, right. he, couldn't even get, he couldn't even get through the play action, basically. Um, you know, he, he, like, play actions. Herbert misses the attempt after that, maybe to try to sell the run fake. And, and then he just gets blown up, drops the ball. And it's like, okay. Yep. Yeah, don't know so what I'm you're with- supposed to do there. No, I, yeah, that I totally agree. Um, we're gonna play a couple games because um, you know I I feel like I'm bringing down the vibe. So uh, let's play a couple trivia games here. Let's go. Bear with the fans trivia, bringing it up. What do you think on the Bears' official website is their starting right tackle, or who do you think right tackle official Bears depth chart right now? Yes, sir. God, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Mustafer. So, you know what? You were right the first time. This is a trick question. The answer is nobody. They have a blank for the right Shut tackle. Shut up. I swear to God. This sounds like a joke, but on their official website for depth chart, there's just a blank spot where the right tackle is supposed to be. That's a they good don't sign. Even know. <laughs> I swear to God. That's a good yeah. sign. Yes, sir. Um, and then Lachavius Simmons is uh, second string right guard. Uh, Alex Bars ended up, you know, going in. Um, oh my there's god! A couple, <laughs> there's a couple of points that you touched on that I want to uh, go through. One of them is uh, so the Bears. It's your point about the offense, offensive line just being a mess, and like nothing can develop from that. Uh, so the Bears are 21st overall in offensive uh, salary spending. So on the uh, you know t- bottom 11 for amount of money spent on their offense, which is not very much. But it is skewed because they spend so much on QB. So their actual, you know, effective, uh, I don't know, their, their effective salary is much worse because they're spending uh, almost $16 million on QB this year. So their offensive line spending is uh, the bottom three in the league. They just have, you know, a very bargain bin offensive line that sounds exactly so that, right yeah which is like yeah that sounds exactly <laughs> yeah there's no surprises there whatsoever the uh they have top overall is jaguars they have a uh you know a coveted first overall pick qb they want to protect them then the browns uh, also basically young qbs equal lots of offensive line money spending so they don't want to do what the bears are kind of doing right now it's like they they don't want to ruin a you know, a young, talented QB. Bills are sixth overall. Um, 
in offensive line spending. So yeah, uh, Jaguars first overall with $51 million spent on the offensive line. Uh, the Bears have $18 million spent on their offensive line. That's offensive when, <laughs> even though you said the quarterback is expensive at $16 million, some quarterbacks in the NFL individually are making over $30 million. Like, <laughs> spend some of that extra money on an O-line. Yeah, man. I, and I guess this is the bummer about just salary cap and football in general. It's like you don't have enough money for everything, and the Bears took a gamble. They spent a lot of uh, draft capital and a lot of salary capital on an offense that they thought was going to bring them to the Super Bowl. And they almost did. In 2018, they had you know, the best defense, not just – they say offense, I meant defense. But, uh, you did say offense, yeah, they, but you meant defense, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So they – you know, spent all that capital on a defense they thought was going to bring him to Super Bowl. It almost did. 2018's defense was the best by DVOA in like almost a decade. Um, it really could have been something. And, uh, you know, they went to playoffs. That's cool. Um, and then since then, now we're seeing kind of the other end of it where we have a very aging defense. Uh, we haven't spent much money and much capital on the offensive line, partially because we're you know, our salary cap is used up by the defense and we just didn't have that much draft picks. You know, we traded it up for Mitch Trubisky. We traded it for Khalil Mack, uh, traded for Anthony Miller, all these people who, um, I mean, Khalil Mack's great, but the rest didn't pan out the way they thought. Um, so as a point of reference, I'm going to give you one player. This is going to be another, another trivia game. Let's, uh, let's get this going here. (laughs) Okay. The 2019 bears draft. The first pick they took was in round three because they had no more draft capital. Uh, that was David Montgomery. Can you name, in the 2019 draft, just two years ago, one other player taken in the 2019 draft? Um, was that the... Uh, let's see. That, that wasn't the draft with... Um, No, no. He was a second-round pick. Who was that big tight end that everyone was all excited about? Was that 2018? Oh, yeah. Either 2018 or 2017 is Adam Shaheen. Shaheen, that's what I was thinking of. Because that was the same year that we got uh, Cohen, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Shaheen, Trubisky, and Cohen, and Eddie Jackson, I think, were all 2017. Oh, okay, 2017. Yeah, so 2019. So we've got Montgomery in the third round. Yes, sir. Highest pick was third round. Yep. Hey, by the way, great third round pick. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, it's not Mooney. I think I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here because this is an impossible question. <laughs> Nobody knows who they put picked in 2019. Okay. Yeah. Do you I, want me to tell you? Yes. Okay, so 2019, they had a total of five picks, but two of them were in the seventh round. So basically, they have like two or three real picks. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery in the third. Uh, fourth round was Riley Ridley, who's no longer on the team. Um, he played <laughs> 10 games. He got cut this preseason, right? Yes, sir. Hey, yeah. So Riley Ridley, uh, career with the Bears, fourth round pick was 10 games. Uh, number five was Duke Shelley, who's still on the team. So Okay. I thought there was some secondary players in there didn't know who yes though. sir and then uh Kareth white who's no longer on a team he was cut after 2019 having played uh god like five or so games five, six games okay uh and then St- stephen denmark uh a cornerback like you said a secondary who played no games i think was cut that off season <laughs> okay so duke shelley was the only only guy i had a, sh- a shot with yes sir okay Which, so I don't know. In some ways, I'm like they spent a decent amount of draft capital on their offensive line. Like this past year, they spent a second overall or a second round pick on uh, uh, Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. They spent a fifth round pack pick on Larry Borum. Um, they just don't have that many picks though, because you know they kind of shot for this window, and now we're on the other end of it, trying to keep the wheels turning. Yeah, and I will say, like, just like always is the case with the NFL. I feel like with Tevin Jenkins, they kind of drafted him knowing he was hurt. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, to say, oh, well, he's hurt with season-ending surgery, that's that's a tough break. Not really if that's why you got him in the second round and you just were accepting that we're, we potentially have a stud moving forward after this season. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, the Larry Borum one, even though it was a late draft pick, like, looked like it might pan out until he got hurt. And it's like, that is tough because, like, man, we could use a tackle right now. It seems like there's actually a spot for him on the website right now at right tackle, which is actually (laughs) where he was playing as well. (laughs) Yes, sir. So that's something you brought up. um, I think like week one of like everyone was celebrating like, Oh my gosh, Tevin Jenkins, what a steal in the draft. And then you find out, Oh, everyone knew he was injured. Like, well, that's, that's very different. Like you can't say what a, what a clever steal we had. Oh, totally independent of that. Everyone knew he was injured and he's not playing like, well, yeah, that, that (laughs) does very different. Yeah. Um, so what I will say, it's almost like the reverse of a scapegoat where, um, instead of like giving the blame to everybody, they gave the praise to everyone that's like not really deserved where I felt like the reason there was an offensive resurgence last year was uh, there's several factors. Um, but you know, Trubisky went back in, Bill Lazor was calling the offense and they were playing a series of bad defenses. And, uh, it seemed like Nagy gave up the reins almost completely for several games. We talked about that in the previous episodes. Um, but it was like Nagy couldn't quite bring himself to give credit to like Trubisky and Lazor. So he was like, no, the reason we succeed is the, the offensive line found its footing. Um, and so like that happened to be with uh, Sam Mustafer in center. And so then they went to this offseason and be like, Sam Mustafer, bona fide stud at center. Like, well, he was one of several pieces that worked late in the season uh it's weird that you're giving all the credit to the offensive line like i don't know and it's a a crime that they went into the season with uh freaking rashad coward as a like right tackle or whatever that's like that should be illegal um but yeah like it, it's weird to me that sam mustafer went in with no competition it's weird to me that uh tevin jenkins went into the season with no competition knowing that he has an injury injury history and could need surgery um, that's just like so many question marks that you're like, man, you're not even going to bring in a guy off the street to compete with them. Like, it's crazy well, that they're best. Totally. And didn't most of us played center all season, right? Yes, sir. So there have been two fumbles that Justin's recovered that were snaps that must did not lift off the ground twice, <laughs> Right. twice. <laughs> you are the center. Your job is to hand the football to the quarterback twice you have fumbled that both times like i wondered like oh was it justin fields and then you watch the replay and it's like no the ball literally rolled to his feet (laughs) in like not in shotgun like under center where all you have to do is put it in his hand like i don't understand um like drive killers um yeah. So. Yeah. No, I yeah, it's um it's crazy, man. And uh yeah, the whole thing with Alex Barr's going in later on in the game. It's like another weird trend we've noticed in the Nagy era where they seem to have a really hard time evaluating the offensive linemen and uh like I already threw shade at Rashad Coward, but that was a dude who was a uh defensive end that they decided to rotate into right tackle like in the off season having and he had no experience ever playing that and like now nah, you can start in the nfl it's gonna be fine and they had him slotted as like a starting tackle for a while it's like guys no man like, <laughs> like no and of course it didn't work out and uh yeah with this game with alex bars going in it's like he should have uh, he should have been starting how do you not how can you not evaluate your players like at all it's it's so odd i completely agree um that is all stuff that needs to be worked out ahead of time. And uh, that that lack of continuity definitely plays over into the game. And you can tell. Um, and you could tell that people aren't on the same page and things are falling through the cracks. And, like, honestly, even though, like, you know, clearly we're talking this week in Bears history. Um, and by that, we're talking about this week in this season's <laughs> Bears history. It's still history. Yeah, it is. It's it's history, and it's <laughs> and it's not to be talked about for too much longer. Um, uh, they like if you didn't pay super close attention to the game, 
and you just watched plays here and there, you'd say like, oh, the Bears moved the ball, the the Buccaneers moved the ball, like maybe it was a close game. Like in yards, it was a pretty close game. And just like every little thing went the Buccaneers' way to a 35-point blowout. Now, I'm not saying it was actually that close of a game, but it like seemed like it could be. The Bears could move the ball. The Bears were running the ball. Um, I think they said the Bears ran the ball better than like anyone has run on the Buccaneers this year. Uh, oh, yeah. They're the number one ranked uh, run defense, right, going into this game. Yeah, and like a, our fourth string running back had a 100-yard game on him. Like, wow. That's, I mean, and that was not just like late in the game garbage time. That was like mostly the beginning of the game when it was – I mean, like, it wasn't really a game ever because it was 21-0 in the first quarter. But, like, that was <laughs> when the game was happening. And, right. Um, yeah, I it just every little detail, like, all the little stuff went the wrong way. And I think that's just a lack of preparedness, a lack of continuity. And I think that kind of stuff really does come down to coaching, especially when you hear things like what you're talking about. Like, oh, in his headset, he's told, free play. So he tosses it up. It, honestly, like for me, it, 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 whether it's the first interception or the third interception, he tossed it up to Allen Robinson. If I'm told free play, I'm going to toss it up to Allen Robinson and see what happens. Right. And then both of them are brought down by the defensive back. Okay, well, it was a free play. I wanted it right. to be catchable, and I gave my guy a chance. Now, both times they weren't great throws, so it ended up not being a chance. But, like, it, it's not the end of the world. You're supposed to just get the ball back. Right. Nope. Not the not the case. Yeah. Thanks, coach. Yeah. Well, and to your point about decisiveness, now, what is he supposed to do next time the coach says twelve men on the field? What do you, is he going to think? Yeah. Or is he going to think? Ah, is there? Because then it's too late. <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah, man. Um, I'll ask you one more question, and then we can get on to this week in Bears history. Um, so, how far into this game? Were you like, all right, this is now garbage time. Like, the Bears cannot come back from this. They are not able to score enough points to be competitive. This is no longer a game. Um, so, I don't remember exactly how it went. I feel like it was um, and I can second re- quarter. Mm-hmm. It was really early in the second quarter, by the way. It was 21-0. And I feel like we were driving. And I don't know what exactly happened if... Like how we ended up not getting any points. Because I think it was still 21-0 at the end of this. But it was one of those where it was like... In my mind, I was like, oh, well, we need to go for it. Um, like for a touchdown, because that's kind of how this game's gonna go. Um, and then maybe we fumbled the ball or something, and we lost mm-hmm. it, and we didn't score at all. Uh, and it was and it was like immediately after that possession, which was early in the second quarter. I was like, oh, we didn't come away with points. We're down twenty-one. That's game because, um. We aren't yeah. going to score 21 points. Um, right. And so, yeah, to your point, the Bears have scored more than 21 points one time this whole season against the Lions, a slump buster. The, uh, the poor, sad Lions. Uh, the winless Lions. So, <laughs> the winless Lions, yeah. The, so just the first quarter alone, like you said, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored 21 points in the first quarter. So at that point... The game's almost out of reach already, which is like, man, is this like is this a nineteen ninety three? What year is this? Where your offense is blown out with twenty one points, but um, that's what it seemed like, and that's was reality. Um, and then to your points with, uh, yeah, so the, the scoring drive I was thinking of, they were, they were marching downfield successfully. So early in the game, I think it was uh, end of the first quarter. Um, they had, uh, I think it was a ten play drive at fifty seven yards, including. Um, a 40-yard completion to Robinson. Uh, Herbert had a 12-yard first down run. Uh, it was first and goal. And then, like, they're marching, marching, marching. And then Nagy calls a timeout. 
And it's like, this is something that we've talked about previous episodes of like, man, he's not even like running the offense anymore and he still finds a way to screw it up because he calls the weirdest timeouts. Uh, last week he like called a timeout to see if he should challenge a play. And you're like, what are you doing, Maggie? No! And uh, so he called a timeout when they were, you know, marching like the defense was tired and um, and then like, I feel like the momentum just died and they ended up stalling out the goal line and had to go for a field goal and that ended up being their their best scoring opportunity of the game. And, you know, it probably wouldn't have mattered, but like, it's just stuff like that. It's like, God, you know what? That's what it was. That was actually the drive I was thinking of. Sorry. Yeah. First and goal. And it was 21 zero at the time or 20 or 14. I think it was 21. Uh, Okay. I think you're right. But it, but it, the fact that we had to settle for three was, yeah, we didn't even turn it over, but it was, we were first and goal. We have to, score in this situation and when we didn't it was like or sorry score a touchdown and when we didn't when we were st- still down three scores i was like that's it we like we can't be getting field goals when they're getting touchdowns on every darn possession um right but like even in route to that 21 like it felt like god how many gifts can they get in a row like on the uh, first Tampa Bay touchdown, which was only a three-play drive, Tom Brady's pass interference call, like, I, first play of the game. I don't think that's pass interference. I think it's defensive holding at the very most because there was <laughs> nothing at the end of that play, which means, like, it happened before the ball was in the air, which is a five-yard penalty, not a already in the red zone on the first play. And then um, a similar thing happened on uh, – like one of the next couple drives when, you know, they were starting to put it out of reach, we forced an incompletion on third down and they called holding on somebody else, not in the play. And like, I even remember watching it and Tony Romo's sitting there and he's like, I mean, technically maybe, but that's not a call I'm happy about. Like, like right. that's not a hold that you actually call. Like I, I see why they called it and they shouldn't have called it. And it's like, yeah. and, that, and it was, a, and it's an automatic first down drive extender, and then they go score a touchdown. It's like, good God, like, because yep. I do feel like the defense got off the field actually a decent amount of times. Like, I don't know, you probably have yeah. the game by like the game summary. Like for having thirty eight points, they punted kind of a lot, and we got them to like right. stall on turnover on downs on fourth down and goal and stuff. Like, we had some stops. Um, it was like second drive of the game or first drive of the game. Uh, Roquan Smith had a great play to end a drive. Like that kind of stuff was happening. Yet, like occasionally, they would just get these breaks and and run down and score. And it was like, man, like all we need yeah. is one of those to go our way, and we're getting the ball back. And we just keep not getting those breaks. And it seemed like everything went one way, and all of a sudden it was a complete blowout. Yes, sir. So. Yeah, to your point about those breaks, like you just had those moments where they, the Buccaneers would like, you know, grind, 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 nothing, then boom, they break through the, uh, the front seven. All of a sudden, it's like a huge play. So, uh, the Buccaneers starting safeties Antoine Winfield, and uh, who the hell, uh, Jordan Whitehead. Uh, so Antoine Winfield had three combined tackles. Uh, let's make sure I have this. yeah. So basically three tackles. Um, and Jordan Whitehead had, uh, let's see, I think two tackles. So combining for five tackles, the uh, Buccaneers safeties. How many tackles do you think the Bears safeties had this game? Fifteen. Twenty-two. Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is crazy. Fifteen. 15's already an absurd guess. Yes. 22. <laughs> and that's that's I mean that's saying Eddie Jackson had to make the tackle. <laughs> he probably is having the best tackling season of his career. It's just that like no safety, no free safety can tackle that many times. No. Um yeah. So that that's one problem. Um to your point about the Bears getting a decent amount of stops. Obviously, you know, the, the first quarter is pretty rough, 21 nothing. Um, but I will say we've talked about how defenses grind down throughout the game. And so a typical game, you're looking at about one snap per minute. So in a given quarter, it's about 15 and a half snaps per quarter. Um, so the 
you would think a, a typical game you're doing a, a little bit over 60 snaps per game, 62 somewhere in there. Um, the Bears defense is on the field for 73 snaps, so almost an entire another quarter. You know, it's which is crazy, and that's something that's been a theme throughout the year. It's like we're just grinding the defense. And of course, like Akeem Hicks is injured, and of course, you know the other guys who are struggling. It's like, yeah, man, we're we're playing like an extra several games in a season that's already crazy long. Yep. Yeah, it's a good thing we spent all that money on the defense. On the football. <laughs> I know you talked about this last week about Akeem Hicks being rushed back and then immediately earning his groin. Like that was <sighs> that was something. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was a great move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we didn't I need do him have in this a game. <laughs> um, and of course, Quinn. The same game is out. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's we just do have a couple a games here. to get to. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> no, no. What were you saying? I just said, yeah, he's having like a career year. We, we don't need him yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could talk about the specific play calling, but like the play action rate is among the lowest in the NFL, despite that being something that Fields excels off of. Whatever. It's fine. Um, so this week in Bears history, do you have any other comments you want to add before we get to it? No, I think we can go ahead and get going. Okay, so this week in Bears history, uh, it's a very special game that I want to talk about. Actually, so I want to talk about, you know, this game. All right, you know, you're you're obviously in late October. You're playing Tom Brady. You have, like, this quote-unquote offensive genius coach um, with an aging defense um, and a young, talented QB. He's getting killed. Um, That game, of course, is the 2014 game against the Patriots. (laughs) Where they got blown out, fifty-one to twenty-three. Oh my god! <laughs> so this is actually week eight of twenty fourteen, but I feel like it's a a very clear analog for this game mm-hmm. uh, um, because again, Tom Brady just steamrolled uh, a Bears defense, and uh, the the offensive genius coach had no answers. Well, at least they um, scored twenty-three, <laughs> right? And I will say. So the quarter by quarter, uh, the Patriots scored 31 points in the second quarter. Oh my god! So at, <laughs> I actually at remember that. Point, that. <laughs> it was it was brutal. I tried to block it out, but kind of unsuccessfully. But yeah, so they went into the half uh, 38 to seven. So <laughs> I would say the entire second half is garbage time at that point. Yeah, I agree. But even saying that, so it's part of my question of like, when was it garbage time for the Bears this game? Because to your point, basically, like the like three quarters of the game, like a little bit into the second quarter, um, and even Tony Romo was making jokes about like ah, they they could still be kind of in this. Like, dude, it's like three minutes into the second quarter. Like, yeah. this should not be like a question. Yeah, no, I actually, when you reminded me of that, it, it was for me the first quarter. It was when we didn't score a touchdown on that drive. When it went to twenty-one to three, I was like, oh, that's it. That's game. There's yeah. only three quarters left. We can't score. We can't <laughs> score that many more points. Yeah. And uh, I agree with what you're saying, how, like, the defense, I mean, it's it's tough. Like, they, they didn't do great, but they weren't terrible. Like, they had legitimate stops. They just, uh, they were on the field so many snaps, and uh, they had a couple breaks that, you know, went their way, and that's what good offenses do. They keep going, going, and eventually they get those breaks they need. Well, and also combine that with, I think, Tom Brady, who, by the way, is decent at football, started (laughs) in the Bears' half five times. He started in scoring position five times, not just, like, with the ball. Like, all right, they've already got a field goal position five times. That's insane. Like, of course they're going to score 38 points. You can't, like, especially with the way the Bears' defense is predicated, you know, like, make them survive a 10 play drive. Like all you need is the one stop. Like here, even if you got a three and out, it's not even a three and out. It's a three and oh field goal. And all they really have to do is string together five, six good plays. And it's already a touchdown because they only have to go half as far as they normally have to go. We're like the bears are moving across midfield and then stalling out and punting. Tom Brady's already in the end zone by the time he's done with that first 30 yards. Um, 
there were a few things, like I said, that I saw that I was like, man, I mean, like the Bears are doing some things okay. Like at one point in the game, we had like 12 first downs and like three points. How are we getting all, like we're moving the ball, we're having some of these plays, and we just cannot score to save our lives. And I think at that time it was like 30, it was 30-something to three at this time in the first half, and it was like 18 first downs to 11. You're like, I mean, that's a pretty close game in first downs. And the game's an utter right. blowout. Like, it's not even a game. And, um, yeah, it's just... But, no, yeah, it's it's funny that you chose a, a Week 8 Tom Brady game. Oh, one thing I saw during the game that I thought was interesting. Uh, maybe, here here's your trivia. I'm sure you'll know it, though. Ooh, in I'm the sorry. last 20 games Tom Brady has played in October, he is 19-1. and one. Oh, my gosh. Do you know who the one is? <gasps> it's the Bears. It's the Bears last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great job. Yes. Oh, man, that makes me feel good. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, you know, we're, we're talking about this week in Bears history. It wasn't that long ago that we, uh, it was, you know, 54 or whatever it was. Like, this was a bad blowout, but it wasn't, like, I guess it was embarrassing. But this is what Tom Brady does. Like, he steamrolls everybody in October. Yeah, like, to your point. Yeah, so, I don't know, man. Uh, I I feel bad about it, but I'm not, like, this isn't, like, 2014 yet, although it is in some ways. Yeah, like I said, the the thing is, if you if you can look at it and and say, all right, well, we gave up 38, but we gave up 38 with five turnovers that were super costly, and we gave them short fields. Like, if you made him play full field, football he's probably only scoring 20 that's that's pretty darn good defense um and we didn't do those things like the offense cost us those points um and when i say the offense i mean very much the offensive line uh and some justin fields decision making or the coach in his ear saying throw it and then (laughs) and then it's picked off but um like the o-line just causing some of those fumbles and you know uh, just giving him absolutely no time before getting murdered. Uh, I, we should have had another turnover. There was one that like Herbert caught that was like, oh, that's a fumble. And they're like, oh, that's a completion because he fumbled it in the air to Herbert and he caught it for no gain. But at least it's a catch for no gain <laughs> instead of instead of the you know worse outcome. But yeah, I mean, I, I say bad breaks, but the thing is when you get your quarterback hit in two seconds on every play, you're going to get a bunch of bad breaks. So that that part yep. just has to be cleaned up. Yes, sir. Um, oh, yeah, that was um, another point you brought up that I wanted to touch on. Um, so the Bears last year, uh, let's see if I can get my stats here, the percent of throws into tight windows, they were leading the league. Like they were almost always throwing to tight windows. Um, so... Let's see. In 2020, Trubisky and Foles finished fourth and fifth overall in the league for the fraction of their passes that were thrown into tight coverage. Um, and so far in 2020, admittedly small sample size, Fields is currently second in the league for tight throws. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of factors in there, but one of them being your point, like they just have no time so nobody can develop these routes and get open. Um, I think another part of it is that the offensive playbook is garbage and that nobody could get open even if they had all the time in the world i completely agree there's no complimentary routes that pull apart coverages it's just uh it's just like a random random routes thrown all over the field like you had a a bucket full of routes and you dumped them out into the field like all right alan are you running the, the five yard curl and then uh jp oh my god so yeah, we're, we're all running go routes because <laughs> i played um, madden so- and that's the one my uh fourth grade nephew runs five go routes to the end zone go <laughs> so i know we've like beaten this drive into the ground but i want to talk about that drive that ended in a field goal that should have been uh, a touchdown one more time so they called a timeout got back in field first and goal uh they had a uh a crappy run for no gain um and you know they're running like 140 yards that came great running game they decided they're gonna do some passing um First incomplete pass. All right. This is a critical third down. They're throwing an end zone fade. Who is like the Bears go up and get a receiving option? 
that this is the critical down to score. Who's their go up and get receiver for the end zone fade? Um, I remember this play. And I remember <laughs> commenting live when I saw it because I was with some of my family. And they're like, you got to catch that. And I'm like, do you guys realize how trash that guy is? Like, that guy only made the team because of Justin Fields. What is his name? He's the dude that made the team at because he got three touchdowns in the finale. Um, yes, sir. His name sounds like a creative player. Jesper Horstead. That's right. Jesper Horstead. <laughs> like, when he went up and didn't catch it, I'm like, yeah, that's not our best tight end. That's not our number yeah. one receiver. It's not our number two wide receiver. It's not our backup tight end. That's our <laughs> third string tight end. Like, of course he's not making that play. Like, And that one, too, I watched it, and I was like, I mean, maybe not a perfect throw, but, like, I kind of liked that throw. I feel like that's the yeah. kind of throw that when you watch like a good team, that's a touchdown. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so, you know, we're, we're kind of going a little bit back and forth, but uh, I want to read a little excerpt from this uh, Rick Talander article from the 2014 Bears Patriots game. Um, so this is uh, the headline is route on every level. Um, there's a movie coming out called Dumb and Dumber 2. I believe I just saw the football equivalent to that scheduled idiot fest. Let's call it Does a Bear Bleep in the Woods, number two, featuring quarterback Jay Cutler, coach Mark Tressman, uh, defensive end Lamar Houston, oh, I forgot about that, and linebacker Shay McClellan. Um, and he just goes on about how Brady, it's amazing that he's still so good for being so old, that Rob Gronkowski is running all over everybody. 2014. Yeah, (laughs) it's just uh it's just baffling i love it um and this man you forgot to bring this up so this is you know this game is better than this 2014 game in many ways but one of them is that they put jimmy garoppolo in the game in the fourth quarter because uh you know it was not competitive anymore and uh lamar houston got a sack in the fourth quarter against jimmy garoppolo and then did a celebration dance where he stomped his feet and in doing so tore his acl ACL. yes i totally remember the celebration (laughs) to an acl on the backup quarterback and a complete blowout i thought that was one of the funniest things of all time i loved that so much i remember that game i oh man you are showboating a sack on the backup quarterback in a garbage time blowout. That makes so little sense. Uh, so, you know, like we've been hard on Matt Nagy, and I think deservedly so. But I will say he has not completely lost the team in the way that Mark Trestman did. Like this is better in some ways. Um, it's not better offensively, and it's in fact quite worse. Um, but... Yeah, like I think the biggest question marks as far as like losing a team, you know, this year they or 2014 they had Lamar Houston, uh, yeah, tearing his ACL for no reason and a play that didn't matter in a game that they already last lost. Um, Brandon Marshall at that point was like doing press junkets, uh, like flying to New York to have his own radio show, and then like screwing up on the field. I think the only discipline issues the Bears have had this season are Jalen Johnson publicly complaining about his late fines. Uh, the social media, and of course, um, one player per game uh, getting in a fight with somebody <laughs> we can talk about, like the Mario Edwards. It's always uh, Mario Edwards, actually. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been him yeah, four the of the six times. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was, was he the one who punched uh, somebody? Mm-hmm. He's uh, also the one that like pointed at Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers grabbed his face mask the next game. And he just pointed at him, but then he had a taunting penalty. (laughs) Talk about good officiating. Aaron Rodgers grabbed him in the face mask, but then he put his finger in Aaron Rodgers' face, which is definitely a 15-yard penalty. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I would agree. I don't think at this point – you know, I'll say, like, one thing that – this is, again, not really, like, a testament to Matt Nagy, but, like, the fact that he has not lost the locker room. And maybe a testament to the fact that, like, when it was 35 to 3 or whatever it was to start the game, that it, like, the guys were still playing hard Mm -hmm. because, like, they had that goal line stand at 35 to 3. And it's like, like, they stopped him on third down. They stopped him on first down. Like, Tom Brady had second and goal or third and goal. I think it was third and goal from like the five inch line. 
Like, when <laughs> has he ever not just QB sneaked that for a touchdown? And, right. like, they stopped him twice back-to-back. Like, that's a pretty impressive goal line stand. Like, that's what I mean where, like, that was, you know, they still had a little fight left when the game was clearly over. Um, and I appreciated that. Like, you need good reps still. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like I said, the second half was 3-0, and I think Tampa Bay was playing to score. I mean, they were like, they were like going for it on fourth down in certain points. Like they were not just willing to like settle and punt and whatever. Um, But yeah, we just, we just couldn't get it done. Yes, sir. Edo Bradabot, do you have anything? My God, get the kid out of the pocket. We've got five guys up front that can't block. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well said, Edo Bradabot. Um, I can't believe he's yeah, going to well, trash Jason Peters like that. <laughs> I can't believe he's the best Bears offensive line acquisition uh, in like several years. Yeah, by a landslide. <laughs> he's like actually, there was this one play, and I don't know why I remember it. There was a safety blitz, and finally like they had enough guys on the line communicate so that like Peters was going to take the safety, and then the guard was going to take uh, the defensive end. Like, they were basically all going to shift left so that Peters could block the safety. And the safety mm-hmm. came in, and Peters just gave him, like, a shot. And I think the safety died. Like, I think <laughs> they died. Um, they definitely fell over and had no play on the quarterback. Peters didn't even have to play that that rest of that snap because he just murdered this poor safety. And I was like, you're such a strong human being. Like, it's just so impressive. Like, that guy running at you is, like, one of the best athletes in the world who's also, like, probably 215 pounds. And he got right. knocked over like he was a child. <laughs> just ragged on. Yes. Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> what a surprise. We were, like, at least I was ragging on him so much going into the season of, like, what are we doing with this geriatric man? And then he's just crushing it. Like, he's actually good for playing you, old okay. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, solid man. Well, I think that's about towards the end of our, um, this week in Bears history. We have, uh, I think that's, that's about it. Um, other fun ones from this week in, you know, way back when was the infamous Mike Brown overtime return against the 49ers. Always a classic. I do remember that one. That was this week. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much for all I have for this week. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we call it? Um, I think I'm good. Thank you. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully this is uh, the lull. This is the darkest before dawn. And uh, bear down. <laughs> <laughs>